Hello and welcome to the Lean on Agile show. I'm your host, Shaheen. And today I have a dear friend of mine, Craig Strong. He is coming us uh, all the way from uh, New York, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. How are you? How are you doing, Craig? Thanks. Good. Thanks for Hi. having me on the show. Thanks for, for accepting. Uh, I know you are a very busy man. Thanks for accepting and coming to the show. So let's just start from, from uh, understanding or telling us who Craig is. Tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, um, I am uh, the CTO of a small company, uh, Ariel Partners, and it's based in Times Square. It was always, uh, always fun and exciting there. And we, it is an IT company, and but we do a lot of training, and certainly specializing in Kanban and in a lot of sort of Kanban-related uh, disciplines. And uh, as for me, how it all began, I, I um, sort of I went to school at MIT, stayed around in Boston for a while, and then eventually moved to uh, through a series of uh, improbable events and <laughs> eventually moved to New York City and started a company. And so I'm a co-founder of the company. And what's interesting is I work a lot with federal government agencies and also municipal government in addition to, um, you know, commercial companies. And so that's interesting. A lot of different, very, very different environments to um, introduce Kanban into. And also we've been doing public training. So I've been doing public training courses like I just did today uh, since 2016. Um, last few things, I mean, I speak at a lot of conferences on Agile, DevOps, that kind of thing. And uh, one cool thing is once a year, we have this new, um, it's becoming a tradition where once a year we invite um, a sort of a luminary or well-known person in the Agile community to, to teach a masterclass in New York City. So we're holding one very soon with Klaus uh, Leopold with, with flight levels, uh, end, of, end of June here in New York City. And we're now just starting to plan like who should that person be for next year? So it's, it's kind, of, kind of fun. Right. So. Um, lots of lots of interesting questions to ask you Craig. <laughs> i hope we, we get to have enough time sure. so so tell us um I, i'm going to ask you about um starting the, your company and how how this when when you and was it was it at the time that you co-found the company the kanban was was your go-to method or like after you started the how like tell us about the history of your company and kanban and how how they go hand in hand Actually, yeah, that is very a very good question because um, back in 1999, uh, we were doing. Uh, I was doing, you know, building software. I think at the time it was still Fidelity Investments in Boston, right, or something like that. And a book came out, and I just picked it up. And that's back when we had physical bookstores. You'd go and yeah. browse stuff. Like, oh, this brand new book. This is cool. What is this? And it said, uh, extreme programming explained. I said, what is this extreme thing, you know? So I read it and it was like a lightning bolt went through me. I said, man, this is something new. This is something cool. And I need to learn about this. So very soon after that, I started my first extreme programming project and um, got a chance to use extreme programming at, at customers. But essentially after that, it became uh, a series of, you know, trying out different agile practices. And it was not too long after that, that I discovered David Anderson. And so I basically followed uh, David Anderson through his evolution, you know, literally on the road to Kanban and, okay. and getting to Kanban. So the, the first book I read seriously cover to cover was Agile Management. And I loved that book. I was right. like, man, this is, this is great. This is how I think. So um, at the time where I was on a big project and we actually invited him. This is, when was this? I want to say 2005, 2006, something like that. And we invited, right. it was pre-Kanban. 
right. and invited him to speak about feature-driven development oh, wow. in New York City on a ginormous project we had. We had something like 150 developers. And mm -hmm. uh, so I was a project manager at the time, development manager. And mm -hmm. I said, so I, well, I still loved extreme programming, but I said, what can, what can scale up to 150 people? So the only thing I could see at the time was feature driven development mm -hmm. and, and by God, it, it worked. It, it really worked. So, but I remember we, we had him come and speak and that was a real highlight. So, um, so after that, I just followed him. And as he went to Kanban, I followed. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's, um, so the, this company was founded in 2010 mm -hmm. and, uh, very soon after that, um, you know, started getting into Kanban and, and things like that. So it was, it was after 2010, but not too much later after that. Right, right. Good, good. So um, the, the, the book that you mentioned, The Agile Man, is one of those hidden gems that if, because yes. uh, um, typically you go and, and talk about the Kanban Blue Book in the training that we do yes. and all that, right? But this is one thing that if, if, you, if someone finds time, I recommend it highly as well. So you, um, you you were the person that see David Anderson evolve through through time as well or his his journey. So yeah. what are the things that you saw through his journey or your uh, with your journey and himself that you can share with us that is is uh, um, interesting for us and maybe um, um, insightful for our audience. <laughs> well, it's interesting because um, you know how they say the new convert is you know, very, very, uh, what's the word? Um, anyone who's a new convert to something like they're really, really into it. Right. And so I was basically that I was the converted, I read agile management. I said, man, this is really something. So David was moving on, you know, and basically right. he wrote a book and he said, you know what? I, I don't want to say it wrongly, but it's something to the effect of, you know, I've tried so long to see if people can change and say, oh, there's so much of a better way of doing things. And, you know, this radical change and people are resisting. They have all this emotional resistance. So, you know what? I'm not going to do it anymore. So instead, I'm going to adopt this evolutionary style. And, and I resisted for a while. I was like, wait, no, David, don't give up so soon. You have, you have something great. This is amazing. How could you do this? So I was, I, and, um, but gradually I saw the truth of it. So it, it took, mm. you know, it, it was so interesting, right? Because gradually I saw, yeah, you know, that's, uh, and I think it was, um, it really solidified when on an FBI project, so it's mm -hmm. a really interesting story. So we actually, um, at the time, it was still very, very controversial and almost, you know, it was the sec. basically it was the second project to go agile. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, number two, that's it, you know, of all the hundreds of projects. So at the time there was still, and people could argue whether it's still the case, but at the time people, when they saw the word agile, the only thing in their mind is scrum, mm -hmm. right? right? So you know, so I thought, okay, well, I, I want to do something new. I want to go agile, but, you know, politically, realistically, we have to do scrum. So fine, fine. I, I'm of the mind, never make the perfect, the enemy of the good, right? Mm -hmm. Never. So is scrum going to be way better than what they have today? Absolutely. So let's do it. But what's interesting is, and, and, and we adopted it and, and we had success, but we started to run into some challenges and then I went back to David's book right. and back to that. And I said, wait a minute, we can do this and that may be helpful. Wait, we can do that and it might be helpful. Oh, and this other thing. And so one by one, we started right. adopting these, these methods. And I, then I saw the truth of it. It's like, yes, that it basically was incremental, incremental change. And it right. really worked. So I said, okay. And that's when I said, I got to, you know, took a master class and started right. doing all that stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't remember who said it, but there is one of these great Kanban person. I, I should find out. Um, um, I, I think their website is huge. I oh, I don't remember the name. Oh, Brian Wojko. Yes, oh, yeah. yes. He, he and yeah. I went to the same masterclass. Absolutely. Right, right. Yeah, train the yeah, train. In in one of his his tweets, he said, um, "Kanban is like an ocean, so you can get your your foot." um uh, wet with and just 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 at the start of like the uh, um, 
when when water hits 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 and and you can go deeper and deeper and deeper and explore that so <laughs> yeah. it seems it seems that you are exploring and going deep in the ocean right so you be talking right. about the master class so um what's what's exciting about this Kanban journey that that people should be on what's exciting about it well yeah um, there's just so many things and you know the first thing i noticed um uh, just on the fbi project is even just little things were really helpful like i didn't have to do the whole thing and every single practice to get benefits every little thing that we introduced you know added benefits and i remember um that was the theme of or a big theme of one of David's uh, keynotes. I think it was, I'm trying to remember which conference it was, but he was basically showing some, um, some statistics and he showed that even though a lot of the Kanban implementations were fairly shallow, there was still a lot of benefits that were being gained. And so that, I just thought that was really, really neat. Uh, and yet there's just so much out there. And so when, um, David's, you know, introduced the Kanban maturity model. Um, we could talk about that later about the choice of the words. It's, it's very, you know, it's good and bad, right? Because you yeah. see it for your maturity model. There's some recognition there because of the, the capability maturity model and people have heard of maturity models, but people also have a lot of baggage yeah. and they make a lot of assumptions, unfortunately. Uh, but when he came out with that and understood what it was, it, it totally makes sense because he's basically taking that ocean and saying, okay, here's where the deep water is, yeah. but here's where's the gentle part that we can come in and, and that kind of stuff. So he's sort of um, separating it out like that for us. Right. That's really neat. Codify, codify the ocean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. Um, so tell us more about um, Kanban in FBI. We should have called this this uh, episode Kanban in FBI or FBI <laughs> Kanban, something like that. So so tell us in the government, how does that work? Like how would you, um, how, how is that? How is it different from um, other organizations that you guys consulted? Yes, very different. Well, just in a lot of ways. Um, just the the first of all, it's all about the mission, and and actually. So it's bad in that there's a lot of risk aversion, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, first do no harm, like, um, you know, the show must go on. Like, you can't mess things up because, you know, bad guys will get away. <laughs> like, like, right. like, we're trying to catch bad guys here. So, um, you know, th there's a lot of pressure. But, um, but there's a really, there's a, there's a flip side to that. It's a really good side. Is that when you meet people there, I've never met people so uh, committed to the mm -hmm. mission. I mean, and, and most of these people really, let's be honest, they could probably earn a lot more money if they quit than they went to the private sector. They're yeah. there because they care about it and they want to do the right thing. And so, um, you know, I, I really always like to say that because in the newspaper and on TV, we hear so much about government overreach and, you know, bloated government, all this bad stuff. But mm -hmm. honestly, what I've seen and, and sure, they could be some of that but but the things that the parts that i've seen i've i've, I've really count myself lucky mm -hmm. to work with such committed uh amazingly committed they really want to do the right thing and so the cool thing is i've found that yes they're very risk averse but if you can prove benefits and if you can sort of explain them in the, in in a, in a proper way that they will they will go for it. So just one quick anecdote. So when I first started on this on this project, we inherited it from another, um, you know, another company had had it for five years, and we looked and we said, "Wow, there's a lot of technical debt here, a lot." Yeah. <laughs> and um, so now part of that, you know, to be fair, part of that is, you know, when there's features that are being that are needed because otherwise like crimes will not be solved you know you, you got to do that there was a little bit of um what what is that word there's a um uh death march so there was a famous book called death march one of my favorite books uh and is basically asked like why do people get involved in these horrible projects where they have to work like 12 hours a day 
but there could be a reason if you're if you're trying to do something that makes a difference in the world you're trying to launch a rocket to the moon you'll do people will do stuff like that and so that's the feeling i got like who we got it from like they were just coding like hell like trying to do something to solve these problems that literally life or death Mm -hmm. but anyway we got this and we're like oh my god what are we going to do with this so i so i said you know what we got to do we got to explain, make everything visible, show mm-hmm. the FBI everything we're going to do, and we'll use Kanban to do it. Right. We'll use the visualization, and we'll we'll simply tell them. We say, look, because of this technical debt, we need to spend. And at first, I negotiate. I said we need to spend. What was it? I think it was 60 percent of our time, just remediating technical debt, like entrenched, mm-hmm. you know, horrible technical debt, and we only have forty percent of our time you know, building new features. And they right. said, oh my God, we can't do that. That's, you know, you, you, you don't even, don't even ask that. They'll be insulted and they'll probably like, you know, I don't know, don't argue with people that that carry guns. Right. And I said, no, we just, we just explain it. And we say, look, if you, if you uh, drive a car and you never change the oil, we know what's going to happen. If, if you're the best chef in the world and you're cooking amazing dishes, but you never wash the dishes. Eventually, right. you get a mountain of dishes. So I, I used analogies like that. And guess what? They're like, okay, yep, go ahead. Mm-hmm. So, and everyone was like, huh? <laughs> what just happened? So, you, you know, and what I like is that in the Kanban, in the in the KMP, you know, KSD course, they talk about acts of leadership and courage. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what it is. So mm-hmm. that's a really cool thing about working with the government is that just straight shooters, really. Right, right, right. And um, yeah, that's, that's, I guess, one of the simpler ways that Kanban helps with visualization, right? It's, it's yes. when, you, when you put a mirror, um, and um, in one of the Kanban classes that I ran, I was telling them that there is a reason that they put visualize in front of everything else, because that, that the power that it brings is so immense and so impactful that by just doing visualization, you're, you're bringing so much, so much effect, so much impact, impact to the environment that you're in. Um, <laughs> so you have been doing lots of, um, from 2010, you have this, this co-founded the company, you are consulting, um, you are working with the government, you're, you're, you're embedded in Kanban community. So uh, is there any turning points um, um, in your career that you can share with us? Any, any, anything that was um, a changing, um, like so impactful in your career that you want to share with us and myself and the audience learn from that? It could be related to anything that you can you can think of. Okay, well, there's three, and two of them I already told you about. Okay. So, so you know, the first one was just a series of improbable events, but that mm-hmm. somehow we got involved with the FBI. Mm-hmm. Um, and the very first time was 2003. So uh, it was basically a, a colleague who went to work for a big federal. Um, system integrator and he 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 saw this program and he said you know these guys kind of need some help and he made the introduction and you know and said oh yeah you guys we can help you and so that was that was just just getting involved with that just changed changed everything for me so that was back in 2003 and that i ended up really quick a uh, long story short they wanted to they need to establish a brand new program called missing persons so until mm-hmm. then that FBI project had only been, you know, catching bad guys, which is, which is great, very important, but they also needed to be able to, you know, unfortunately there's mass disasters, or there could be like somebody's missing for a long time and maybe they're a child. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes the people are found after like five years and you better be darn sure which family that <laughs> child, right? so the DNA is really needed for that. Or God forbid they find some bones. You know, and this can bring closure to families. It's really, really important. So, um, but it needed a completely new kind of DNA uh, analysis, mitochondrial rather than nuclear. And so they, so I joined them and they said, oh, great, thanks, you're here. So we've got a, we got a challenge for you. We got a task for you. And we want you to help stand up a missing persons program, brand new program. And by the way, we need completely new DNA technology. And by the way, 
the programming language we were using is obsolete. So we wanted a new programming language. And by the way, we want you to use new designs. And, and, and we have a bunch of people here and we want them to train them as well. So, nice. <laughs> so, so I did use extreme programming in that case. Right. And, it was, and it was successful. That was the first turning point. Second one is um, really reading agile management because mm -hmm. that's started me on the road towards feature-driven development and then Kanban. And um, the third one is uh, a, a, another interesting story, but it's basically when I applied to become an AKC. Mm -hmm. So AKC is, back then it was still called KM, KCP, I believe. Right. But it's basically the highest, you know, it's like a, a, a Kanban coach, accredited Kanban consultant now is what it's called. And to do that, you have to write an essay and you have to go and present your case like a PhD, uh, uh, right? Um, it's like you're defending Jesus. a PhD, exactly, in front of a, a uh, um, so I did this. And in hindsight, my choice uh, at the time was probably very unfortunate because oh. it was at a, um, a Kanban summit where almost every single person got food poisoning really badly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to discourage people of not going to the Kanban summit that coming up. No, no, no. So just a crazy coincidence, you know, whatever, how it happened, we don't know. But at this um, hotel we were at, everybody got sick. And so basically I'm making a presentation to people who are trying to not <laughs> vomit. <laughs> vomit, you know, in front of me. And so Im imagine how well that right. had to go. <laughs> right. So um, so I did not succeed. Okay. I did not succeed. But but in it was the it was the best thing that could have happened because what they what they observed is they said, look, you you've introduced Kanban well and you 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 know you obviously know it you know perfectly very very well but you've only done it at the team level mm -hmm. you've never taken Kanban beyond you know teams you know or, or groups of teams you've never really implemented at the enterprise level and it was absolutely true I had mm -hmm. not and I hadn't even really given that much thought to it and I realized that, you know, as an AKC, one of the things that is in, expected of an AKC is the ability to come in to organizations large and small and, and you know, really, um, you know, really recognizing that Kanban, the organization can be seen as a network of interdependent services, each of right. which can be Kanban, you know, Kanbanified or however you call it. Right. And uh, so that made me go back and... So the last couple of years are, you know, totally changed because of that. I just, I, I, um, I really went on a tour of looking at the, we call it the diaspora, I guess mm -hmm. that's the right word, of all the people who started in the Kanban community as I did and went on to do related things. Right. So, and there's a lot to talk about there, but that's, right. that's what I've done. Right. Uh, so tell us more um, the differences or the, the challenging parts of having Kanban at the organizational level rather than team level, because it seems that from that moment on, you experience some of some of those things. Absolutely, yes. Well, there there are different considerations, right? I mean, there's, you know, when you have, um, and it's unfortunately maybe it's because you know Scrum is always applied at the team level, or mm -hmm. almost always, and you know, for that reason, we have all these scaling frameworks, right? Because, because Scrum alone isn't enough. And because, and I think, unfortunately, Kanban got painted that way. They thought, oh, because people always say, oh, you have Scrum or Kanban. And so they would sort of, in their mind, sort of put it in that box that it's a team level thing. When it hmm. never was, it, it was always, I sometimes use the word fractal, hmm. you know, the fractal that you could have, um, Kanbans of Kanbans, right? Right, right. Um, in, in a sense, because it's all interconnected. Um, but um, so that, so it really, um, you know, so for example, portfolio Kanban, right? Looking at the strategy level, right. if you think about, it, sure, that's a Kanban system, like any Kanban system, but it's usually looks very different 
And the kind of people that are looking at it are very different uh, and they have different concerns, right? And right. so they, um, they probably wouldn't use the same metrics, mm -hmm. right? They're not gonna deep dive into technical stuff. They're, they're sort of expecting, they usually see like balanced scorecard type things, mm -hmm. right? They want like the one page management. It's another book I read a while ago. Uh, so things like that. So they have really different um, expectations. Right. That's at the strategic level. And then between that, where you've got, um, you know, coordination level Kanban, mm -hmm. um, you know, Klaus calls that, um, the flight levels calls that flight level two. Mm -hmm. um, then it's it's also different because you're, you're looking at things at a higher, uh, you know, a, a, a more coarser grain. Right. If you're looking across multiple teams, of course, you're not going to see every detail of everything they're working on. Right, you right. want to know how they're being, how they're coordinating. And that gets into really interesting stuff like um, coordinated dependencies, you know, and maybe I need to reserve some capacity in another team. I might need to reserve something and not even know the details of what I need. I just know that I'm going to need some of their time, you know, right. so you may not even have a user story yet you may have an idea of a user story so there's a lot of really interesting stuff um that um that happens at those higher levels right right, right. Yep. yeah there was one um great agile coach that i worked with was was telling me that um when you're coaching uh, a good coach doesn't necessarily need to know the uh, content but the context that you're in so that seems like um the same um the same mentality here, like Kanban can be applied to different different content, right? And, and knowing knowing how to um, go through simple as simple as um, static, like going through one Kanban system, next, next, next. Who probably your um, who you are providing services at the portfolio level with versus flight level two or coordination level, right? So. Different exactly. information, yeah, yeah. Right. It's always good to have um, a, a beginner mindset, um, if I may say. Like everywhere that you go, like have a beginner, like as much as experience you're bringing with your Kanban years, like go there as a beginner mindset and try to understand what what they they want to bring. Um, so uh, you mentioned about um, flight levels. And mm -hmm. I know that you are in this space in Kanban community for the longest time, right? And so, so tell us what other branches or uh, what the analogy that you used. Um, uh, um, I forgot. Di di diaspora. Diaspora. Yes. So what? What are what are uh, what's others that are out there and might be interested for for people to know about? Well, there's 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 quite a number. Of, of folks who sort of started like I did in the in the main right. you know um, trunk of Kanban, and then what they've done is they've chosen to explore different aspects, and so um, and I differentiate that by the way from people who basically take a glancing look at Kanban and say eh I can do better and try to create something that's competing, mm -hmm. and. Now, if if you if you have really something better, great, or something different, that's fine. But when it's just like a cheap knockoff version of Kanban, I'm right. not talking about that, and right. I'm not going to name names. <laughs> but we all know who those you know who those are. But um, but I think there's some there's some uh, of the the branches of the uh -huh. Kanban tree. I would call it right, right. and they're they're really nice. They're sturdy branches, and they they really answer questions. So, for example. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if you could call Kanban maturity model a branch or just a continuation mm -hmm. of the trunk, but right. whatever it is, it's a it's a wonderful development, and right. uh, you know, really uh, differentiating and helping us, you know, when we're learning how to run a marathon, maybe try not to run thirty miles the very first day. Right. So that's the way I put it, and then, but uh, I also uh, got in touch with um, Patrick Stayert. Mm -hmm. and uh you know discovery kanban and he's really taken that to and we all have you know discovery Kanban. we talk about that in, in all the classes really but he's really taken it to quite a, a, a mature level and talked about there's different different considerations there in terms of triage and in different practices 
not necessarily different practices, but some little bit different emphasis, right? Because yeah. in discovery, it's about creating options, right? right? In delivery, it's about deliver, you know, delivering options. But there's a lot of implications of that, you know. Like I'm, I'm reading a book now on economics, and it talks about you know uh, supply and demand. And he says well, everybody knows that, but then he goes on to explain all the ramifications of it, and it's some of them are stunning. And I'm just sitting here with my mouth open. So that's really what 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 Patrick has done. And then he did it again with Okaloa, right. you know, and, and the uh, the Flow Lab. So, and I first got to know that at one of the um, Kanban uh, conferences. Right. So, and so that's another one. Flight levels, of course, I mentioned that one. And uh, and then the last one I mentioned, uh, I like to mention is Mike Burrow's Agenda Shift. Mm -hmm. And with Agenda Shift, it's sort of a change management model, but my understanding is, you know, it could apply to anything, but my understanding is, and I, I hope he'll correct me if I'm wrong, but is that he's especially interested in C-level in like right. management consulting with leadership and like, how do we determine the correct strategy for our company? Right. And should we, should we go through with this merger or not? Like, these are very, very important questions that affect, you know, many, many people. And, you know, that's a really interesting expansion of uh, of kanban and uh you know he doesn't use the word kanban but i i really see it as one of the one of the right. out of that because he was very that's where he came from right and so and the cool thing about all the things i just mentioned i see at least other people may disagree but i see zero conflict they mm -hmm. work together beautifully mm -hmm. right. and that's you know and we could talk that's another topic is the um what's the word that you use they you know uh, fracturing or, or or splintering of the of the uh, the kanban branches that you mm -hmm. know it's a little bit i guess some of it's inevitable but sometimes as a kanban coach you're like gosh you know i i wish all of this could be sort of under a kanban umbrella right it's you know we work with a publicist and they use a word called um diffuse you know brand diffusion yeah. Right. So, you know, I always like to people say people, hey, this is all part of the Kanban universe. Right. It's a great universe. Um, but, you know, yeah. Yeah. That, that's um, what happens when you have so many front, smart people with so many different yeah. ideas, right? It's going to happen. Yeah. And it's, uh, and, and the community is so open that, that they bring it into and, and embrace it, right? Because yeah. um, yeah. Mike Burroughs, that you mentioned, if people are interested, we had the previous podcast with him. And he's oh. talking about, yeah, he, we, we talked about a clean language that he brings into the, the uh, mm. shift, uh, shift Academy, like all, all those details that we talked about. Yeah. Uh, but for example, aesthetic was, was um, mainly the way that he implemented Kanban and he presented it and he brought or um, uh, Kanban values, like was, was one um, That's right. blog, blog post, right? That he, yeah. he put and Kanban community embraced it and, and brought it in, right? So there are lots of it. And uh, yeah, I, I love that you use Kanban universe. Like this is like a huge universe that we are all um, <laughs> using, using, uh, using the methods uh, and the tools depending right. on the situation and the, the challenge we have on hand. Yeah. Hey, we have the MCU. Why not the Kanban universe? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right, right. So, um, is there any? Um, would there be any um, failure um, or, or attempts that not only related to Kanban but could be about that you as a consultant that you you. Uh, one you mentioned um, that it seems that it wasn't a failure. You didn't look at it as a failure. The AKC you learned a lot, but right. anything at the at as a, as a Kanban coach that you're working with teams that um, you want to share with with the, our audience. Well, uh, certainly um, there's been some interesting uh, things. You know, two I'll mention uh, briefly. So one, um, the the project where David came in and spoke. Right. It was a giant project in New York City and mm -hmm. all the city agencies, any NYPD, FDNY, you know, sanitation, all that stuff. And um, I was using feature driven development. And so I would, of course, visualize and show senior management what, what I was doing. And senior management was a SAIC. 
SAIC, most people haven't really heard of them, but they're like, they're as big as Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, you know, they're one yeah. of those the huge system integrator. And so I was showing what was going on. And naturally, uh, you organize the work and you let the workers self-organize around it, right? You manage the work and the workers self-organize. So basically people would have like these sub teams and then one person would finish over there and go over to this other place. And so, you know, things were dynamic. And I actually had one of the leadership accuse me of obfuscation because of this change, <laughs> because of these changes. They're like, no, you make a plan and you stick to the plan. Like, uh, not so much. <laughs> no. So that was a, that was interesting. That was uncomfortable. I can tell you that. Right, right. Very uncomfortable. So, um, but then another one, we got past it. We got past right. it and we worked it out, but that was, that was pretty tough. And uh, another one was at the FBI project where um, we brought in a mixture. It was very interesting because when we started, we about half of the project were people who, who had been on the project for 15 years, mm -hmm. you know, five, 10, 15 years. And the other half was brand new. So the people that had been there for so long were used to working in a waterfall situation. Right. And uh, so I very soon learned that you know, they would just say things like, just, just tell me what to do. I'm fine. I'm good. Just, just tell me what to do. And I'm like, no, it doesn't work that way. Right. <laughs> you volunteer and you take the work, you take ownership. And they were not comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. like, no, just, it's okay. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. Just tell me what to do. Why can't you just tell me what to do? Right. Like, oh, you know, it doesn't. <laughs> so that was tough. And um, mm -hmm. another thing was just trying new things like, pair programming or maybe trying even a different shorter sprint length. I mean, anything, mm -hmm. you know, whatever ex experiment, there, there was a lot of reluctance. So that's where, you know, come on to the rescue. So we didn't, we, I learned not to, to, to seek um, unanimity. Mm -hmm. So I, I basically said, you know, can we get, you know, much of the team to accept it? And then the rest to say, okay, I'll go along this for 30 days and we'll see if it makes any benefits or not, you know, if it gives us any benefits. So that's mm -hmm. what I learned is like, if you wait for everyone to agree, sometimes that doesn't work. Right. You get people so entrenched. So you just get them to agree, hey, can we just try it just for a little while? And right. usually they'll go along with that. So, right. Yeah, and, and 30 days is more than good enough time for for them to practice it and learn from it. Yeah. if there's anything anything that they need to change yeah, yeah exactly. for sure yeah uh what what is what is uh, the one thing that is currently um um your major challenge you you may call it at work or at uh, the consulting that you do oh oh my goodness uh so right now it is it's big so um and it's a uh, I do not know if I will be successful. Okay. Uh, so right now, the, the federal government is adopting SAFE very quickly. Oh, okay. Um, and they're going to the scaled agile framework. And I believe I know why that is. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at the other um, Scrum scaling frameworks, like large-scale Scrum, Nexus, Scrum at scale, um, you know, all that stuff, uh, they, they're really about how do you do a program, you know, like a, a, a program of work that's larger than just a couple scrum teams. It's how do you organize multiple scrum teams? And they do that very well, but they're not talking about how do we transform the enterprise? Mm -hmm. None of them are, have that. That's just not the problem they're trying to solve. Right. Right. And, but safe is saying, we are trying to solve this problem. So SAFE is saying everything, we, we can accommodate the entire enterprise. I'm not saying anything, you know, if they do a good job of that. I have my own opinions on that. <laughs> but, um, but that's the only game in town. Mm -hmm. So I, I need something to, and the thing is, a lot of them are really struggling. Gee, mm -hmm. newsflash, you know, who, knew, who, who could imagine, <laughs> you know, why would that be? <laughs> right. They're really, they're really struggling. Uh, for a variety of reasons, but one of the reasons is it's bloody complicated, you know, it's really complicated. Um, but, uh, you know, but they're really the first 
um, they've been around for a long time and they were the first framework that agile, that purported to be agile, that attempted to solve the problem of business. Uh, and you could argue, no, Kanban is that one, but we didn't really use those words as much. You know, so part of it was we were just trying to get started and get on teams and everything. So we didn't say from day one, we will come in and transform your business because of course we wouldn't say that we're Kanban. Like we would say, right, you know, we're going to incrementally help you. So, so they were saying that and you could say, well, that's a load of, you know, you know what, hmm. but um, so the question is, is there something that is there some alternative? And I've been searching for that and I believe I have found it and that is flight levels. Mm -hmm. The question is what is sort of the minimum you can, um, and I'm getting in trouble for saying this, but basically layer on top of Kanban or add to Kanban or whatever you use. It is, you know, an extension of Kanban. I guess, I think Klaus would, would agree with that. It's basically you're adding these additional uh, mm -hmm. layers, but essentially what you're doing is you're setting up Kanban systems. You're just right. setting them up at different flight levels. Right. that's all and so it's sort of a minimal extra thing and, and basically it's it's drastically less um overhead than than safe i mean you there's no comparison mm -hmm. so um in my opinion there is a huge need for this so i'm going to attempt to take on the safe juggernaut and okay. i believe it's my patriotic duty to do so to help um, you know, uh, um, our, our tax dollars be used more widely. And I think they're looking for it. I think mm. they want it. I think they're searching for it, but they just haven't found anything else. They're like, mm. oh, crap, this is the only game in town. I guess we're gonna go with this. I True. honestly think that is because I've even seen some um, memos and things to that effect. Right. They're really, you know, um, in some cases, very, very worried about it. So, so I really think that we can do that. And um, I'm struggling a little bit because there's intellectual property and I, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I want to keep, you know, our, our relationship with Kanban University is, inc is incredibly important, mm -hmm. but our relationship with the Flight Level Academy is incredibly important and I can't do it without both. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that we'll all be friends. <laughs> mm -hmm. That is my hope. And, and, and that we can work together because if we work, put this stuff together, it's magic. Right. I really think so. Everything yeah. can, it can solve uh, a lot of these problems. Right. Um, I was in the same situation a while back in a, in a safe implementation. And I told myself as a good Kanban coach, you find, you find opportunities to use Kanban, mm -hmm. uh, Kanban uh, tools there. And um, we were talking with another AKC a long back and we were calling it the Kanban Ninja. So we were like Kanban Ninjas that they didn't know that we are doing Kanban stuff, right? Okay. But we are improving and we are the better ones out there yeah. doing their safe implementation. And then um, I didn't last there long because of the um, uh, financial challenges that they had, but mm. I would imagine if I if I if I had been there longer, they would have come and asked, like, what are you guys doing that other teams <laughs> are not able to do? And it would be an opening up a can of warm of okay, yeah, let's come over here and we we can tell you what we are doing. So exactly. uh, yeah, awesome. Um, any uh, any books or any resources we talk about bunch of them um, agile management flight level shift academy Kanban maturity model um, anything else that you uh, was very inspirational for you you mentioned that you are reading one um, debt march um, I believe uh, oh, that's something I read a long time ago long time okay okay um, any any um, any one book or one resource sure. that you recommend for people that are interested in Kanban or, or in general, in agile consultation? In general, yes. Well, I, I do read, um, I go through books very quickly. And, uh, but one, I was looking and, and saying, well, which, what's sort of a recent book that I read and that I would really recommend? And one of them, um, you know, Seat at the Table is wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, but, but one of them I really, really like, I just recently read, it's called Good Strategy, Bad Strategy. Mm -hmm. And it is fantastic. I would recommend it to everyone. It's basically talking about business strategy, mm -hmm. what business strategy is and what business strategy is not. Right. And trying to make more money is not a business strategy, but right. it's, just, but 
and you say, well, why would I care about that? I'm not, I'm not working with C-level executives. I'm not trying to, but honestly, the book is so well-written and so um, compelling that um, I would really, I would recommend it to anyone and especially a, a, a coach mm-hmm. because a lot of, it may, you may not be deciding strategy at the enterprise level, but there's a strategic right. component for sure. And, and it's just, it, it's uh, it's a brilliant book. Yeah. Right, right. What was the, the stats for, for it? It was like, if you ask the organization that are large, like more than more than thousand people, the 92% or 95% of people, they don't know what the strategy is that the company set for them. So that's, exactly. um, and see, I, when, when you, when you mentioned that in my mind went to like, maybe we should bring that like act of leadership at every level, like your strategy should be a forefront of every level too, right? So it's not about your role or position that you're in, but like, if you know how to strategize, you would be um, very successful at what you do. Um, Nice. Um, Yeah. And you have to give a shout out to Klaus for that as well. Right. I think flight levels explicitly talks about how to do that. Right. Yeah. So flight level three. Right. Nice. Great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, um, again, for the people that want to, like, they can look up Klaus Leopold as well, but we had a session with him pre-pandemic. So you can find it on our YouTube channel as well and on our website. So talking about the flight levels and what uh, dozen businesses, uh, agility has nothing to do with teams. That was an amazing talk. Yeah. That's right. right. So the only one, so if you've spoken to Patrick Stayard, if you haven't, you right. need to to speak sure yeah, i'm going to put on my list to bring on the show as well yeah yeah, yeah. awesome um so craig we are we are almost to the end of end of the show is there anything that uh, you want to share that uh, we didn't share yet anything that you want to to talk about that we didn't cover um this is your it's your flow <laughs> i don't i think we already touched on it but just one of the things for me is um, I've been on this incredible journey of discovery and, and, and learning about all of these offshoots and related discipline, you know, related branches of Kanban. And it's just been amazing and, and uh, wonderful, really, to learn about this, um, the, these really um, exciting um, practices, disciplines, um, thinking models, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I wish there was more, um, some way to sort of have a big umbrella mm-hmm. and uh, have them all work together and maybe even not formally, but, but some uh, joint kind of, um, you know, in the military, they talk about joint exercises, right? Where the right. army and the Navy or the, the, the Navy and the Air Force will work together and have an exercise. Those are good things. Those are really good things. Doesn't mean that you're not going to have an army and a navy. You're still going to have those, but you you work together, and and uh, I think that w- would be so amazing because each one of these is so valuable, and you put them together, um, it, it's quite something. So I would love to see that. I'm I'm a eternal optimist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, the half glass full, I guess. Oh, one more thing. One more sure. quick thing. I've been also um, had the um, privilege uh, and pleasure of working with some of the uh, major Kanban tools that are out there. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, we're living in a golden age of tools. The tools have come so far. And uh, I still remember when I first started teaching Kanban system design, people would say, oh, this stuff is amazing. Where can I do it online? And I sort of hang my head and be like, um, well, <laughs> <laughs> can't really do everything and and you know so but now i can say yep we got it and we don't just have one or two we have a whole range right and uh it's just awesome but i've been working with them and right now we talked about all those different branches and different things so what i've done is distilled some of the things that in my opinion will be needed to fully support all of those things in Kanban tools. And right. I'm actively working with those, some of the tool vendors to say, how can we get some of those in there? Right. And it's happening. So it's super exciting. And would you be able to name names or uh, you want to keep it? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, 
with two two that I've been working with quite a bit is uh, you know Kanban Eyes right. and Kanban Zone, right? And they both have you know slightly different emphases. Uh, Kanban Zone is especially active in non IT. It's really mm-hmm. interesting stuff. And uh, one of the things that's happening in in the industry, that I believe, is going to happen, and it's just starting to happen, is you know Miro and Miro right. tools, right? Yeah. Basically, the online whiteboard thing. I believe that that functionality is going to merge with Kanban tools, and you're mm-hmm. going to end up with something incredible, because you're going to have all the the um, the freedom of like a, a real whiteboard. But with the discipline of the metrics and the everything, all the great things that you get with the Kanban tool, imagine that. Like that will be right. amazing. And it's it's certainly it's happening in with the Kanban tools. I'm seeing starting to see elements of that. Um, right. One other thing, I'm also working with um, Becky um, uh, Becky Watson, who has spent three years building a Jira plugin you know amazing amazing job so basically she's said I, i'm i'm i have customers that use jira and the, the kanban support scrum support is fine kanban support not so much so yeah. darn it i'm gonna build a plugin and make it better and by god that's exactly what she did and it's remarkable right. it's called cat so also working with, with her on that right. amazing stuff right so we are going to get um you um pass me the links to these amazing tools so that we can yes. put it on, on the podcast uh, note for sure. And uh, would you, um, if, if people want to um, connect with you and, and learn from you or ask questions from you, how would they be able to get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, the, um, you know, of course, our website, uh, errorpartners.com and uh, Ariel, like the mermaid, A-R-I-E-L. Uh, of course, by by um, um, by by email or my LinkedIn, right. Craig Strong. I'm the only Craig with or one of the few Craigs with C R A E G. So that way, I'm easy to find. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you so much, Craig, uh, for accepting and coming on the show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I, I did, and uh, hopefully to see you again on the show sometime soon. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Enjoy.